Oh my god, Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, so. I don't think I can make margaritas. Wait, hold on. I think I, I can make margaritas. We should have margaritas. I can make margaritas. Should we make margaritas? <laughs> we can make them. Celebrate Cinco de Mayo? I think you might be a little too tired for that, buddy. That just smells like tequila. Okay. Woo! I don't remember where I got this recipe, but it's, it's strong. Oh, I don't know if my tummy can handle it. Is that salt? Mm-hmm. I can say that's probably one of my worst rim jobs. <laughs> Are you usually good at giving I'm rim usually jobs? good, but this, uh, this one... I'm so glad your mother doesn't listen to this. It didn't turn out too well. Start us off. I'm going to finish this margarita so I can do this tipsy. Oh, okay. I feel like that's what our podcast is missing. <laughs> You're like, I can't I can't drink this whole thing. That's fine. Once I'm committed to tequila, you know I'm committed. That's what, uh, that's what my coworkers ask me. It's like, you guys ever get wasted? And it's like, not really. We um, should. Yeah, I remember. Not in like an unhealthy way. I remember, uh, I think it was the electrocution episode. Mm-hmm. Um, where you can definitely tell. Like I did, I did the background for that one. You can tell I'm, I'm a little, because I I try to can maintain my composure as much as I can, and I try to read my notes as um, cohesively as possible. Mm-hmm. So it's like I slow down, and I spend more time on each word. Yeah. And I really focus <laughs> on the words than trying to read them. Um, and then the end of that episode, it's like I forgot any everything you said because <laughs> I was. I was a little drunk that episode. I don't know. It's beer and fear. I think we should take a new cover photo for our Facebook. All right. Because it's almost been a year. Yeah, we could change it up every year. (laughs) We're going to be doing this for multiple years. Yeah. Do you think this is going to end anytime soon? We paid $300 a piece for these. Uh, That was cumulatively for the mics and uh, for all the Guitar Center equipment and Podbean. Okay, so and Podbean. when we renew it, it's going to be, I think, only 100 bucks. Oh, thank God. Yeah. But it's fine. We can totally afford it. All the revenue we've made off the podcast. <laughs> All the uh, the sponsors. And All the, the ad revenue. Ad revenue. Yeah, it adds up. <laughs> We're pretty much... Uh, Swimming in money. This podcast is self-sufficient. We are Scrooge McDucking this. We are in a vault full of gold coins snorkeling around. We are drinking out of diamond glasses right now. Let me give you the ambiance of it. That's diamond, baby. That's, that's diamond if I've ever heard it. Our margaritas with too much tequila have been downed for Cinco de Mayo. That's not a thing. Too much tequila. It's true. Because <laughs> honestly, tequila tastes good no matter what. Welcome to Beer and Fear. This is what, the 35th episode, 36th episode? 36. This is the 36th episode in what is now a never-ending nightmare of my life. Mm-hmm. It won't end. 
It just doesn't. I am Paige, and my co-host is Zach. What a good guy. What a radio voice on him. Woo! Today's episode is on Vlad the Impaler. Quite a curveball. That's what I'm full of. was not expecting this one. You don't expect any of mine. I don't. I didn't, uh, I've heard of this person before. I'm really surprised that you were not aware. You asked me if I, uh, if I learned about him in, in high school, like history, and I, I may have, I just don't remember anything. I've heard of the name, I just knew nothing about him, and it was very confused as to, like, how this tied in with fear. Like, how you were equally as confused when I brought up sushi. Um, that was kind of me this time around. Really? That's <laughs> comparable for this? But I started uh, researching, and I was like, oh, this is a, this is a cool guy. There's this a lot is of, a cool guy? He's a pretty cool guy. Oh, <laughs> boy. A, cool man. He's an all right dude. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. A lot of new information. Uh, this is a fun one to research. He is so. very, um, uh, let's say, interesting. Yep. Our beer is from Hailstorm Brewing Company. All right. Where are they at? Illinois, for one. All right, narrowed it down to the state. Anyway, I'm sorry. For some reason, their link isn't working. <laughs> Tinley Park. All right. There you go. I think, oh, have we done a, I think we've done a Tinley Park brewery before, though. I don't know. Or vaguely familiar. Oh. All we do is Illinois beers. Mostly. Um. So I can't get to there about them. For some reason, it, it won't load. So I guess just know about them. I mean, I guess this is technically there about us. It's got just a picture of their owner, their IT guy, their finance guy. They don't really have like a motto. Yeah, there really isn't uh, an about us on the page. Um, I found an article. <laughs> it's going great so far. Yeah, this episode <laughs> is really knocking it out of the park. Um, okay, so this article I found that's like an about me, uh, about us, about the hailstorm. Uh -huh. um, it says, we believe in focusing on the key aspects of the brewing process that most affect quality and stability. Um, hailstorm Brewing is a regional craft brewery with a full tap room offering a variety of rotating and seasonal craft beers. All right. It says, food is available from nearby restaurant. That's interesting. They're like, okay, order in. <laughs> <laughs> Our beer is called Vlad. Uh it is a Russian imperial stout. All right. It is 10.6% ABV. Jesus. She's a big one. This one has a rating on Beer Advocate. All right. We're making progress. We are making our way downtown, walking fast, faces passing, and we're homebound. A dun -dun 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 -dun. A dun -dun 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 -dun. <laughs> It's got a score of 90. It is outstanding. Okay. It is ranked 674 out of Russian Imperial Stouts, and its total score is 11,939. Okay. 11,939. Got it. Gets an average rating of 3.98. Excellent. The notes about it say, brewed with 11 different malts and six different hop varieties. This huge Russian Imperial Stout is as complex as they come. Big hop flavor and aroma that fades to clean malt with notes of chocolate coffee and roasty goodness. The massive amount of hop used in this beer helped balance out all the malty sweetness. Okay. Okay. Some different. This is our, uh, not our first stout, but our first Russian Imperial Stout. Exactly. Actually, is this our first stout? 
No, we've done a stout. We've before. done a milk stout. We've done yeah, and we did stouts on our bonus episodes. That's it. Vlad. Vlad. It's perfect. Just wait till you see the cam. <laughs> I caught a sneak peek on Beer Advocate's website. You little bitch. <laughs> you little stinker. He's a mean looking dude. Is he? He looks uh, looks a little angry. A little bit, right? Um, this was the the photo on Beer Advocate's site. It's like his actual portrait. Yeah. Yeah. I think this one's cuter. <laughs> I like this. Oh, canned on March 30th, 2021. Best enjoyed within 12 months. Oh, they have their taproom hours available. Oh, they have their flavor profile. Oh, shit. Dry, malty, and dark. All right. Changing it up. After a billion IPAs. Zachary, say hi, Jeffrey. Hello, Jeffrey. (laughs) Hello, Jeffrey. Uh, I got to say, too, we're running out of room up there on the shelf. Oh, this Um, feels nice. (laughs) We just about hit the other edge. Oh, my god! The shelf, finally. So I'm going to start needing to put these three deep. I was going to say, you said you were going to start going three deep. Yeah, fit them all. So, all right. Oh, do you need help? You're going to need some help. (laughs) Those nails. Claw my way in. I did that by myself. Deck didn't have to help me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. That re- is stout. I'm missing this. I was oh missing this. Oh, my God. This. Look at it on my arm. <laughs> Why is it so thick? I still have Guinness in my fridge, and I miss stouts. It's been like, a while. It's, they're like, it's like coffee. Essentially. Like, nice uh, roasty smell. I'm smelling the mic. I'm not smelling. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what is it? What does this smell like? Not getting anything. That's interesting. Oh my god, I almost poured it left-handed. What's wrong with me? I would have spilled it. Oof. She thickens. This looks like a chocolate milkshake. Yeah. This is what Oreo cereal milk looks like. This is what Cocoa Pebbles milk looks like. I wanted to try something different, and I regret it already. No, you're going to love it. What stouts have I liked? I'm uh, waiting for my foam to go down, because I feel like if I drink that, I'm probably going to regret oh, it. Oh, yeah. That's She's a thick. Lot. Oh, yeah. And that, uh, that hangs out. It's sticking round. Yep. Yours is a good pour. Um, this I, is a dark beer. Yeah. I like the... What was the ABV? Uh, 10.6. All right. I like the... Um, head on this. It's like... It's not a white Guinness head. It's more uh, coffee coffee color jeffrey said he likes your voice oh thank you yeah it's a nice uh it's a nice color the, f- the foam on this my pour uh, maybe like a millimeter millimeter head two millimeter head i mean mine is uh <laughs> you got a couple inches over there mine's hanging out <laughs> like that pa- the page technique of 180 the can <laughs> yeah. into the glass all right this is much like my life i go in balls to the walls <laughs> so in ni- 90 90 i have high hopes i'm looking forward to this i like stouts you know me i just feel like in the beer community there is such a high opinion of stouts that i don't have and in the background there's Casoda playing with her cat toy Casoda, <laughs> we got shit going on over here <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't, um, maybe it was one of our Campfire S'mores Stouts episodes where they're one of the 
highest uh, brewed beers in the craft beer community, Stouts. Or they've, I thought that was IPAs. They've had such a revival. IPAs is up there, but I think Stouts is also... There's just a never-ending amount of IPAs. Yeah. And this is... what? Did you go into what makes it a Russian Stout at all? Or? No, but I can. Uh, well, Wee. You don't have to. I don't know. That's always been your thing. I don't care enough to look. Oh, yeah, you don't have to. That's fine. If you want, I can look it up. Go ahead. I like it when you talk. I'm just going to wait uh, 20 minutes for my Google Chrome to open on my 10-year-old MacBook. It's about as long as it'll take for Paige's foam to settle down. <laughs> oh, you know what we forgot? Forgot to talk about our weeks. <laughs> oh, we did. I mean, do you want to do that now and just put it in? I felt like the episode was weird. Um, no, it's fine. <laughs> I mean, we can just do a quick recap now. I just feel like it's wrong. Yeah, I mean, uh, so we forgot. Whatever. That's so wrong. <laughs> 36 episodes, Zachary. It's okay. No, it's not. We were bound to mess up. Oh, God. I don't even... I quit. <laughs> give up. I give up. No, I have just really sweaty ears right now. Sweaters. I got sweaters. Are you looking up Russian Imperial Stouts for me? I am. It's taking forever. What a good Because this is guy. an old uh, computer. Uh, craftbeer.com does not have uh, Russian Stout as a style. All right, There's a whole damn article about what Russian Imperial Stouts are. This is... a. Uh, it's from AmericanCraftBeer.com that says, What the hell is a Russian Imperial Stout? I don't know. I'm not going to read it. And it's not on CraftBeer.com. So if you want to know what it is, look it up. Yeah, there you go. What makes it a Russian Imperial Stout? Putin spits in each one. <laughs> what do you want? For your tasting pleasure. Clink it. Ooh. Whoa. Wow. There's a lot going on in that. Um, it's so malty. Yeah, very sweet, um, but not a totally different sweet than um, than the other ones. Than a lot of the other. Oh uh, yeah, the bonus episode yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, just chocolate and uh, roasty notes up front. One of my one of my nostrils is clogged, so I'm struggling to get oh, like a scent profile on this. You said coffee earlier. Mm-hmm. It's there. Yeah, it's just roasted coffee. It's just it's intense. So, it's bitter. Right up front, yeah. Very bitter up it's front. Intense. Um, and again, like, oh my God, it's got stumps. Look at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very clingy. Um, I'm, I think I say this about literally every stout. It's too much. It's an intense flavor. It's yeah. just too much. Stouts are very rich. It is overwhelming um, on my tongue. And just full of flavor. You're full of flavor. Uh, it's uh, it's a thicker beer, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's smooth and silky tasting, but it's yes. it's got a thick mouthfeel to it. It's very bitter on the swallow as well. Like, it's got a very lingering aftertaste that's just, like, very bitter. It attacks the taste buds. It really does. It's just a huge, just in-your-face flavor experience. Very intense. I'm um, definitely not going to be able to finish this. Probably not. No. I just, after the margarita, this is a lot. Uh, much like Vlad, uh, just very, uh, very intense. That is definitely a way to describe him. Mm-hmm. I think this is a, it's a fitting name for a beer like this. Just dark. It's, it's, you know what? It looks like congealed blood. Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Look, I know blood. 
Right, PM, you know blood more than me. It's fine. I'll agree to that. Yeah, it's just creamy, rich, um, intense flavor. I feel like I'm drinking black coffee, but it, like yeah. sweetened. Very, yeah. Coffee notes, chocolate notes. It's too much. Stouts are pretty Why do I pick stouts? Why do I do this? Like what you said, change it up, you know? And I'm very glad you did because I miss stouts. It's been a been a hot minute since we had a stout. Um, I'm glad you like it. I'll drink, I'll drink them from time to time. Um, they we'll are, they are comfort beers. Oh, look at you. Feel it? <laughs> give a little touch. <laughs> Get over here. <laughs> give a little touch. <laughs> They're good from time to time. It's not a beer that you like order three of at a bar. Definitely not. You know? It's just very heavy. I think it's just one of those things where it's like you enjoy one of and you maybe don't plan to drink another beer after that. Yeah, It's just an experience, you know. It's just to say, oh, got, I tried this stout. You got to set time in your schedule to, to enjoy. Drink, to drink stout. a stout. <laughs> you got to pencil it in. You got to work with your assistant. <laughs> Margaret, when can we squeeze in a stout time? Can you block off a couple hours? I need to crack open a stout and enjoy this. Between golf with the boss and dinner with the missus, when can I drink a stout? Exactly. Honestly, out of all the stouts we've had, I mean, what, four? <laughs> Just about. And the stouts that we've had in our personal lives, I would say that this is one of the more easily to drink that I've had. Easier yeah. easier to drink. <clears throat> it's uh, it's good. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> Every time. I'm glad this one has a has a rating on, on Beer Advocate. I think Finally. The, I think the ninety's appropriate. I feel like it's good. It's it's well brewed. Oh, I yeah. agree. Absolutely. I think it's it's a, definitely a good stout. If I liked them more, I would probably enjoy it a lot more. But I think that out of the sweetness, it is it is not nearly as sweet as the one from our bonus episodes. So it's a little more enjoyable. Yeah. And you get um, and you get the hop. uh, just a reminder, um, you can view all of our beers that we have every episode by following the link in uh the description of the um the audio or video, whatever you're listening to. It's bit.ly slash BAF list. And all of our beers from all of our episodes are listed there. And then we recently just added a bonus tab to keep track of all of our bonus beers as well. So you can view those. We need to start um, doing more bonus episodes. Yeah. Uh, and I, it, I'm looking at Campfire Amplifier and Peanut Butter S'mores. Um, Campfire Amplifier was a milk stout and Peanut Butter S'more was an American Imperial stout. Um, so definitely different flavor profiles than this. This is a Russian imperial stout. So this is, I don't know. It's in your face. It's it's not hiding anything. It's, I do have a review to read. Okay. Because I feel like it'd be a good idea for us to taste it and then get an idea of what other someone else tasted. Sure. Okay. So this comes from Lingenbrow from Oregon. They gave it a 3.92 out of 5. It's, uh, the look is a 4.25, which how do you gauge that? Smell is a four. Taste is a 3.75. Feel, mouthfeel, is a four. And overall, it's a four. All right. Vlad pours the same color as the soul of the prince himself. <laughs> Pitch black. Mm-hmm. Heartless and mirroring your darkest sins. Not even the thin tan head wants to stick around for what is assumed to be a gruesome end. Which I disagree with. That, that head stuck around. <laughs> I mean... Not as long as... Sort of an unorthodox pour. Hey. <laughs> Soy sauce, 
black licorice, Sweet. fig, and molasses. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Reassure this will be one not for the faint of heart. Yeah. Okay. It exemplifies intensity with deep-rooted roastiness and a strong, dark sweetness in both aroma and flavor. What? No blood? Well, it does, in fact, have an iron metallic note going on as well. So... It's extremely rich, and the low carbonation doesn't do it any favors, so to speak. It works, but it is intense and oily and actually yep. leans more towards the sweet side of the spectrum. Vlad is with the man himself as both evil and good, not quite destroying my insides, but strong and impersonable nonetheless. Impressionable. Impersonable? Okay. A beer to share, perhaps, or to enjoy alone, selfishly in a courtyard full of your favorite potentially disturbing decorations. Cheers. <laughs> Uh, that is a great review. I agree. Job well done. Uh, and very, um, very articulate and precise. Um, very accurate on the flavors he mentioned. I, I wasn't definitely molasses. Yeah, molasses, fig, black licorice. Yes, mm-hmm. all three of those. Um, I'm just what not that, that good to point them out on my own. So I appreciate the review. It's it's delicious. I already feel it coming on a little bit. Ten percent beer. I want to feel a little bit, but yeah. also I can't get past the taste. And with the margarita, yeah, it's it's different. I want to be drunk. <laughs> I haven't done that in a while. It's okay, Paige. You'll oh, get there. All right. Gosh darn it. <laughs> Sad, but that's the beer section. Let's rate this bitch. Um. All right. All right. This is, uh, like I said, a lot of fun to research. Um, I was going off a couple, uh, couple sources. Okay, so this Vlad guy. This Vlad guy. Apparently, he was referred to as Vlad the Third Dracula. Yeah. Prince of Wallachia. Yep. But he's more commonly and historically known as Vlad the Impaler. Exactly. He was the ruler and prince of Wallachia and ruled three times: fourteen forty-eight. 1456 through 1462, and 1476. He's known for the legends of his cruelty, which Paige will talk all about. I'd love to. These legends gave Bram Stoker the idea for his main character in the popular Dracula novel. Mr. Vlad was born in Sigiswara. I think that's how you say that. Sigiswara. Transylvania, Kingdom of Hungary in 1431. Transylvania is a kingdom of Hungary? Transylvania, a real place... Yeah. Is a historical region in Central Europe. In the past, it was part of Hungary, was an independent principality, belonged to the Ottoman Empire, or was a province of Austria-Hungary. It's been part of Romania since 1918. Mm-hmm. I didn't know Transylvania was a real place. Yep. Uh, his father was Vlad II Dracul. I've always, I've always liked the fact that there was back in back in the day. It was always like the second. Now you get junior. The second is so much cooler. It is so much cooler. You don't see too many the you seconds. You don't see or the, the seconds. Or, huh. Um, yeah, his father was Vlad II Dracul, D-R-A-C-U-L, and his mother is unknown. Uh, Vlad II went to the court of Holy Roman Emperor Sig- Sigismund of Luxembourg as a young man. Sigismund was supporting Vlad II for the throne of Wallachia and made Vlad II knight uh, 1431 of the Order of the Dragon. So he knighted him. Ooh. This is what gave Vlad II uh, his surname, Dracul, Dracul, which is uh, Romanian. And his son would later be known as the Son of Dracul, or in Old Romanian, Draculea, 
Draculaea, hence, hence Dracula. The Order of the Dragon was devoted to a singular task, the defeat of the Turkish or Ottoman Empire. Mm. Situated between Christian Europe and the Muslim lands of the Ottoman Empire, Vlad II's and later Vlad III's home principality of Wallachia was frequently the scene of bloody battles as Ottoman forces pushed westwards into Europe and Christian forces repulsed the invaders. When Vlad II was called to a diplomatic meeting in 1442 with Ottoman Sultan Murad II, he brought his young sons Vlad III and Radu, Vlad III's brother, along. But the meeting was actually a trap. All three were arrested and held hostage. Vlad II was released under the condition that he leave his sons behind. Under the Ottomans, Vlad III and his younger brother were tutored in science, philosophy, and the arts. Mini Vlad became a skilled horseman and warrior, according to former professors of history at Boston College. In the meantime, Vlad II was fighting to keep his place as leader of Wallachia, but in 1447 he was ousted as ruler by local noblemen and was killed in the swamps near Balteni in present-day Romania. In 1448, little Vlad embarked on a campaign to regain his father's seat from the new ruler, Vladislav II. A lot of Vlads. Vladislav II is now the new ruler. Uh, pretty much longer name Vlad was out fighting somewhere else, and baby Vlad took advantage of baby his absence Vlad. and won back his father's seat. Thanks, baby Vlad. However, his time as ruler was short-lived. Long Vlad came back after two months and took over. Vladislav II. Can I just say, when you, when you say baby Vlad, that makes me think of Mario Kart. Because there's baby Mario and baby Peach. <laughs> and like, I think baby Luigi. Baby I Vlad. can't remember. He'd be the best Mario Kart oh, character. Yeah. Be throwing spikes and shit. Yeah, exactly. Between 1448 and 1456, he switches sides in the Ottoman-Hungarian conflict, giving up his ties with the Ottoman governors of the Dan Danube cities and obtaining military support from King Ladislaus V of Hungary, who liked his dislike of Vladislav II. Following the fall of Constantinople in 1453, the Ottomans were in a position to invade all of Europe. Since Vlad III was now against the Ottomans, he was proclaimed ruler of Wallachia in 1456. To solidify his power, he needed to quell the incessant conflicts that had historically taken place between Wallachia's nobles. According to legends that circulated after his death, Vlad invited hundreds of these nobles to a banquet and, knowing they would challenge his authority, had his guests stabbed and their still twitching bodies impaled on spikes. Sexy. This is just one of many gruesome events that earned Vlad his posthumous nickname, Vlad the Impaler. During his reign, Vlad aimed to eliminate all threats to his power, and he solved most of his problems with severe methods. After Mehmet II, the one who con conquered Constantinople, invaded Wallachia in 1462, he was actually able to go all the way to Wallachia's capital city, mm -hmm. but found it deserted. Oh, shit. In front of the capital, he found the bodies of the Ottoman prisoners of war that Vlad had taken, all impaled. Vlad was forced into exile in Hungary and was imprisoned for a number of years during this time. While this was going on, Vlad married and had two children. The years before his final release in 1474, when he began making plans for the reconquest of Wallachia, Vlad lived with his wife, with wife Vlad, he lived with wife Vlad, in a house in the Hungarian capital. 
His sons would grow to the age of 10 before he reconquered Wallachia in 1476. Damn. With the support of the ruler of Moldavia, Stephen III the Great, Vlad made one last effort to reclaim his seat as ruler of Wallachia. He successfully stole back the throne, but his triumph was was short-lived. Later that year, while marching to yet another battle with the Ottomans, Vlad and a small vanguard of soldiers were ambushed, and Vlad was killed. Connections, uh, these are now connections to popular culture Dracula. Um, So Stoker's, Bram Stoker's Dracula is linked to Transylvania, but the real historic Dracula, Vlad III, never actually owned anything in Transylvania. Mm -hmm. Um, By the way, that was the end of my story. That's the end of Vlad. Vlad died. Uh, he was killed. He was ambushed. Um, he ruled three times. Um, had a wife, Vlad. Um, had two kids. Uh, baby, two two more baby Vlads. Um, but he died like his dad. Is it Vlad? I say you think Vlad. they said? You think they said I, Vlad? You know what? I feel like Vlad makes sense. Because I feel like Vlad is like too Englishized. You know, English. Vlad. Vlad. Oh, Vlad. Maybe it's Vlad. Let me let me see here. Vlad. Vlad. Yeah. Vlad. 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 I, I, it's like Vlad. a combination of the two. Vlad. Vladi. 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 Vladi boy. So Bram Stoker's Dracula, I said that linked to Transylvania, but the real blah, blah, blah. Um, there's a quote. Bran or Bran Castle, B-R-A-N. Yes. Bran Castle, a modern-day tourist attraction in Transylvania that is often referred to as Dracula's, Dracula's Castle, was never the residence of the Wallachian prince. He never lived there at Bron Castle. Uh, but because the castle is in the mountains in this foggy area and it looks spooky, <laughs> it's what one would expect of Dracula's castle. But Vlad III never lived there. He never even stepped foot in there. That's a quote from Florin Kurda. Um, I believe she, I think she, is a professor of medieval history and archaeology at the University of Florida. I'll pull up a picture of... Um, Bron Castle. I believe it's... Uh, when I was looking at images at work, when I was doing my research, I saw that it was for sale. The castle? Uh, yeah, like this one says, Castle is now for sale for $66 million. Zach, you want to go in on a castle? Uh, this one costs $80 million. You want to go in on a castle? $40 million a piece. We'll split it down the middle. This is a good photo of... Um, that's Bron Castle. That's definitely a castle. Yep. Uh, Vlad's father, father, Large Vlad... <laughs> did Vlad. own a residence in Sigiswara, Transylvania, but it is not certain that Vlad the son was born there, according to Kurda, the same person. It's possible for tourists to visit one castle where Vlad III certainly spent time. At about age 12, Vlad III and his brother were imprisoned, like we talked about, and in 2014, archaeologists found the likely location of the dungeon. It's called Tokat, T-O-K-A-T, Tokat Castle, is located in northern Turkey. It's an eerie place with secret tunnels and dungeons that is currently under restoration and open to the public. Huh. Less all impressive. I, all I see is a mountain. Yeah, less impressive. I don't see anything else. The castle on a mountain, I guess. Dumb. Bet that one's only worth 20 mil. According to Dracula, Sense and Nonsense by Elizabeth Miller in 1890, Stoker read a book about Wallachia. Although it did not mention Vlad III, Stoker was struck by the word Dracula. He wrote in his notes, in Wallachian language means devil. 
Ooh. It is therefore likely that Stoker chose to name his character Dracula for the word's devilish associations. The theory that Vlad III and Dracula were the same person was developed and popularized by historians Radu Florescu and Raymond T. McNally in their 1972 book In Search of Dracula. Though far from accepted by all historians, the thesis took hold in the public imagination, according to the New York Times. Whether or not some of the gruesome stories about Vlad the Impaler are wholly true or significantly embellished is debatable, Mm -hmm. Elizabeth Miller adds. After all, many of those printing the pamphlets were hostile to Vlad III. That's true. But some of the pamphlets from this time tell almost the exact same gruesome stories about Vlad, leading Miller to believe that the tales are at least partially historically accurate. Some of these legends were also collected and published in a book, The Tale of Dracula, in 1490, by a monk who presented Vlad III as a fierce but just ruler. While the truthfulness of some of Vlad III's tales can be debated, it's no doubt that the fictional vampire in the novel Dracula by Bram Stoker was inspired by the legends of Vlad the Impaler. Dramatic. Dramatic. That is my section. It was uh, pretty cool. It was interesting to read about his story. And now I want to watch um, a really old Dracula movie. Honestly. I'm big on the old old movies, like black and white stuff. You want to watch Nosferatu together? Yes. Cool. It's funny. I know it's supposed to be, like, scary. It's funny. But it's funny. He's, like, the ugliest vampire I've ever seen in my life. And like, I guess that's supposed to be the point, that it's supposed to be twisted and, like soulless or whatever but Mm. i just got some like fun facts about how vlad tortured people yeah he was uh, not a good person did you go over how his brother died i don't remember cool so his brother his older brother older brother yes was horribly killed he was blinded with hot pokers and then buried alive damn that's wild didn't he i think he died at the same time his father died yes Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm Uh, you went over that he was immediately put on the throne. He was only enthroned basically in name only, though, because he was 17 at the time. Yeah. Um, in 1459 or 1460, he had an entire village of German settlers killed. When a trade dispute erupted, the village was burned to the ground, and every single resident was impaled or executed in some horrible manner, women and children included. All right. In 1462, he raided the southern baits of, uh, I don't know how to pronounce it, uh, D-A-N-U-B-E, Danube maybe? Danube? I'm not sure. I uh, I think I said in my notes. I think you um, did. Danube? Danube? Danu- Dan- like Danube? Danube? Uh, Jujube? Shit. No, I said it right in my notes. Hold on. Danube. No. Danube? Danube. Danube. No way. Is that okay. a river? Yeah, the Danube River. Yeah, Danube River. Danube River. So I said it wrong, but it's uh, pronounced. Danube. Let's just pretend. Danube. Yeah, Danube River. Okay. Uh, he claimed to have killed men and women old and young. Uh, 23,884 Turks and Bulgarians, without counting those whom he uh, whom were burned alive in their homes. Holy shit. Or whose heads were not chopped off by soldiers. Oh my God. 23,000? Looks like it, yep. Soldiers brought back some souvenirs of the raid for Vlad on the Danube, sacks of heads, noses, and ears, and Vlad would then send those bits and pieces out to other rulers as warnings. Imagine you are, like, just hanging out on the southern banks of the Danube, having a picnic, enjoying your time, and then you get raided. 
by this fucking army and they take your nose and then your nose is just sent off to some random ass noble who's just like a nose and it's like thanks now i'm noseless now thanks now i'm noseless great (laughs) what hmm when some Turkish ambassadors refused to remove their caps in his presence, he asked why would they dishonor him like that. Why? They replied that it was their custom to not remove caps in public, only in the privacy of their homes. So Vlad helped them out by having their hats permanently nailed to their heads. Nice. These are just stories about Vlad. Not all of them are 100% true. Right. As we discussed. Some of it is... Uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like sensationalized? Propaganda. Okay, yeah. Sensationalized, definitely. But I would say, like, just propaganda against him. Right. He was very... So he got his name, Vlad the Impaler, because, surprise, surprise, Vlad liked to impale. Mm-hmm. Who would have thunk? He was particularly sadistic about his impaling. He had fun with it. He did have fun okay. with it. He was a little creative about it. So here's how he would go about it. First... The victim would have a horse attached to each of his legs. What? Just listen. (laughs) Then, a semi-sharpened stake would be forced into the body from below, usually through the anus. All right. With the desired end effect being the other end of the stake coming through the mouth. I mean, there's already openings there, so I guess it's easy. Yeah, but you're going through the organs. Yeah, easy access. You go straight through the organs. Through the stomach. You don't have to make a new hole, you know? It's just convenient. The stick couldn't be too sharp, though, because then the victim would might die quickly, and what fun would that be? You don't want that, no. Another method was to impale the person through the abdomen or chest and then post them around the city as a warning to others, as you are apt to do. Can you imagine if that was a thing now? Like, you're just walking down, like, you're just in, like, New York, like, Times Square. <laughs> And the mayor, the mayor of New York is just like, let this be a note to you New Jerseyans. Corpse on a stick. Corpse on a stick? Corpse on a stick. Welcome to- Get your corpse on a stick. Corpse on a stick. stick. Mom, I want a corpse on a stick. (laughs) Not now. You didn't finish your nose. There is a memoir that exists that documents the forest of the impaled, in air quotes, where Vlad would line the roads with tons of Turkish Turkish shoulders he had impaled. It's a little messed up. Sometimes, Vlad would arrange the impaled people in a circle around the city that he was targeting. The taller the spear, they were impaled on the higher ranking that person was. So they got some respect in death. All right. He had some organization. According to the stories, when Vlad came to power the second time, he invited a lot of nobles who were responsible for the cruel deaths of his brother and father to a huge, luxurious feast. Once there, he had the older nobles impaled. The younger nobles and their families were first to, uh, forced to march to the ruins of a castle in the mountains and forced them to rebuild it. The stories say the prisoners worked until their tattered clothes fell off and then were forced to keep working in the nude. Once it was completed, Vlad used the castle as one of his fortresses. Oh. Yeah, I mentioned that very briefly, but it didn't go into that, that much detail. Damn. Also, his wife like killed herself, so there's that. She threw herself out of a window. Bye. I mean, I would too if I was married to him. No, she threw herself out of the window because she didn't want to be kept captive by Turks. Oh. She is loyal to that motherfucker. All right. She said, you like to impale? Baby, I like to be impaled. 
A perfect match. There is one story about uh, when he was killed hmm. that says that there's a couple actually um, that um, there's a story that he was killed by his own men. Uh, and then one of the stories says that when he was killed, the Turks cut his head off, preserved it in honey and had it sent to Istanbul. Not and Constantinople. Istanbul, the Constantinople. Constantinople. <laughs> There's other stories too. Um, so I'm loving these stories. The more you got, I am. I'm digging them. Uh, according to a German pamphlet from 1521, he roasted children who he then fed to their mothers. Also, he cut off the breasts of the women and forced their husbands to eat them. What the fuck? <laughs> Finally, he impaled the captured prisoners. His method of impaling was to force the victim to sit on a sharp and thick pole. <clears throat> oh, my God. The method was very slow, and sometimes the victim would take as many as three days to finally die. And it is believed that he impaled more than 20,000 people during his lifetime. That. Oh, my God. Roast the children... And feed them to their mothers. Yeah, it's a good time. Holy shit. Isn't that wild, though? Like, how fucked up is that? Yeah, all this was missing, all this was missing from my research. I mean, that's because a lot of it's stories, too. You don't know what's 100% true oh, and what's sure, false, but, but stories are fun. I mean, yeah, present day, it's still kind of entertaining. I, I'm sure back then it was not... As much. <laughs> Anyways, there's another story. <laughs> All right. Keep coming. Um, okay. So there's a story that tells of a merchant that claimed to have 100 ducats stolen from his cart. When it was reported to Vlad, he ordered that 101 ducat be put in the man's cart. Ducat? The, ducat. 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 Ducat? 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 I don't know what that is. I thought it was ducat. I don't know what that is. It's a form of currency. <laughs> oh, I have no idea. Continue. <laughs> I thought it was ducat. I have no I'd have never heard that word. You got me second guessing things. I wasn't. I duck wasn't. It. Yeah, duck it. No, I wasn't talking about the pronunciation. I just didn't know what it was. Oh, a gold coin. Okay. Um, he put a hundred and one ducat back in the man's cart. The merchant went to Vlad to report the extra money and found that Vlad had two stakes prepared. He impaled the man that had robbed the merchant on the first, and the second stake was unoccupied. Vlad told the merchant that the, the second stake was met, uh, meant for him had he failed to return the extra ducat. So it was a test just for the hell of it. Wow. There's a quote directly from him that says, If I am feared by the right people, we will be strong. Now, if that ain't the marks of a leader. So terrifying. Mm -hmm. Vlad has also been known to behead, boil, burn, and skin his enemies. Um, did you go into when the Ottoman army came to him? Uh, I mean, a little bit, but... Uh... Um, so Vlad refused to pay the Ottoman sultan his annual tribute. The sultan sent men to collect his tax. Vlad had them impaled. A year later, an army of 90,000 Ottoman soldiers, three times the size of Vlad's army, were sent to topple Vlad's regime. Hmm. When the army arrived, they found the gates open wide and no guards on duty. Yeah, I talked about that. Mm -hmm. and they found all the Ottoman uh, people in impaled. The scene was so ghastly that the army retreated. Well, it worked. I had a... I didn't, it was a 
That's a picture of him. I'm sure you know what he looks like. Yeah, I've seen him. Yeah. His fancy mustache. Yeah, I'll put that on, uh, put that on our but website. But I'd also like to mention that he is the great uncle of Elizabeth Bathory. Oh, yeah. I saw her name mentioned um, The Countess of too. Blood. Yeah. We should have a... Can we do an episode on her? We can. She's fucked up. Anyways, here's some types of torture that he used. Yes. Um, I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, H H E M A T O P H A G E or G Y. What the hell? Hemeto Hemetoph. I'm gonna look it up. Hemetoph G. I don't. I don't know about that. <laughs> Anyways, um, um, there are credible sources. Um, there's even a poem. Um, it's the story of a bloodthirsty madman called Dracula of. Um, how do you pronounce the city he ruled over? Uh, sorry, spell it. W a l l a c h i a. Wallachia. Wallachia. Uh, portrayed Vlad as a blood drinker. Around his mm. dinner table, he collected the corpses of those who displeased him, which I'm sure reeked to high heaven. Mm-hmm. He washed his hands in their blood before dining and collecting it in goblets and dipping his bread in it and ate said bread. All right, Vlad. He also liked it when the victim's family joined in. <laughs> it's fucked up. Oh, I'm just saying this guy needs a, like a therapist. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so you know the village that he impaled that I told you about? Yeah. He fed their bodies to the crabs in a local pond. Oh. Eco-friendly. Yeah, but they were hungry. He then fed the crabs to other villagers who didn't pay their taxes. <laughs> Jesus. He also boiled a gypsy alive and then forced the remaining family to eat it. Damn, dude. Yeah. Crazy. That's it. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know anything about this guy. Um, I certainly didn't know all the uh, the stories about him and the tales about him, legends about how sadistic his torture methods were, and ain't that the truth? What he did to people, but that's fucking brutal. Um, and uh, I think it's really cool that his, his ties in with uh, his track with, with Dracula, and we should definitely do. We've got vampires on our list, I think. Um, we can do one about Dracula. That'd be fun. So, really cool topic. Glad you picked it. I'm glad you found such a perfect beer for it, too. That's because I found the beer first. <laughs> Excellent. And I drank none of it. Yeah, about a good third. It's just too strong for me. You see, there's still more in that can, yeah? Yeah. A lot. <sighs> I finished my beer. I'm very happy that you did. What did you think of the beer? Uh, it was definitely a different stout. Definitely um, very different from stouts that I'm used to drinking. Um, I like milk stouts because they're a little bit sweeter, sugarier, not as intense. Um, but definitely um, as a uh, as an ode to his name, this is very fitting uh, as a very intense... In your face, um, sort of bitter but multi stout. It's different. I enjoyed it. Hmm. It was good. 
bitter, but very, very smooth in the mouthfeel. It Mm -hmm. was like drinking, like, I don't want to say silk because it was, it's the thick beer. Right. Like it's very thick on the tongue, but it just had a very velvety feel. Yes. Very, very, very crushed velvet. And all the, uh, all the flavors that you talked about in the review that you read were very accurate. They're very on point. On top of coffee and coffee. Chocolate, you know. Tar literally scooped up <laughs> from the San Andreas tar pits. It's uh, it's intense. It's a very, very much so. Stout. I could not finish it. It's good. I feel like if I really like stouts, this would be the beer to go for, though. Yeah, very well done. It's different. It's yeah, definitely well brewed. If I if I was open to them, this would have been the beer to make me like stouts. All right. And the can art's just nice. I like that. It is cool. I hope we uh, I hope we try a few more stouts and other porters. We only had one porter in Stranger Than Fiction. Oh yeah, you're right. Episode two or three? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, we should definitely definitely try more stouts and porters. Oh, I'm so tired. Me too. I'm really ready to go to bed. So, beerandfearcast at gmail dot com for any comments, questions, concerns, stalking, kidnapping notes, <laughs> ransoms. You can send us emails to that. It's our Gmail, beer and fear cast at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Reddit. Yeah. There you go. We're, all, we're on all four of those. And every uh, new episode is released Wednesday at noon. And we will post our um, thing talking about the episode with a link that you can listen to. We're available on every. Sp- um, I was about to say every Spotify platform. Every We're single one. On every podcast platform, including Spotify. Uh, so if you, got, if you got Spotify or if you got an iPhone, you can listen to Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're available. Give us a like and a share and a comment and reach out to us. Just pay um, attention to us. Yeah, We're lonely. If you like us or if you want to recommend a suggestion on a topic or frights and flights, listen to some of our episodes, other Somebody episodes where we us. talk about frights and flights. Huh? We're so But that's it. Vlad the Impaler.